about you, and now that I've met Christina, <laughs> we know why. I don't understand why. That's right. We can make Christina, not me. She's the one to blame. You take all of us, man. Well, listen, it's a real joy to be here. John Yenchko is one of my heroes. When I met John years ago, you know, I wish I had that enthusiasm and excitement and all that John has. And the neat thing about John is uh, it's real. I mean, what, he, what you see in John is real. And it's his, his great spirit, his great heart for the Lord. And it's just been a real privilege for us 20 years, I guess, that we've been friends and been a part. Never met Nina, although I have prayed for you on many occasions, and so I'm really glad to get a chance to meet you, and, and this is Marianne, I think uh, you get a chance to meet her over the weekend as well. We're newlyweds. We've only been married five years. Uh, my wife died of cancer um, about nine years ago, and I never thought I'd remarry, and uh, I've only dated two girls in my life, and I married both of them. Uh, and my wife uh, grew up with me, and uh, we married at 19 years old, had 37 wonderful years, and the Lord took her home uh, with leukemia. And it was a couple of years after that, I really got lonely, and I mentioned to one of our elders that uh, I was, I, I, I wanted a compound a friend to, you know, just to be able to go out with, and he said, well, what about Marianne? I said, she's the only lady I've actually thought about. And so it took me, this is no kidding, it took me two years to convince this woman to marry me. Two years. <laughs> and, uh, and now we've been married five years. Uh, by the way, I was her pastor for 25 years. If you can imagine. That's, <laughs> That's a little weird, you know. Take the preacher was a little bit of a weird deal. But anyway, uh, anyway we uh, are very grateful uh, between us. We have four children uh, and five grandchildren, and we have been greatly, greatly blessed. And so it's a real treat to be here with you this weekend. I'm going to talk to you about a lot that has come out of my own personal experience, and God really has uh, blessed my ministry over the years. I, I grew up in Georgia, as you heard about. By the way, you heard Marianne say she was born in Macon, Georgia, same hospital. We went, we had no clue who each other were. We went very different directions. And then years later, God brings us together. So it's pretty amazing. And I'm very, very thankful for uh, having her to be along with me and to serve with me in this. Let me pray here first tonight. Wait a minute, where's Jim? Jim. Jim. Yes. I had the most wonderful, we did five-hour drive with you. I know all the Listen, we went around in, in Manhattan, we went around the Woolworth building three times. We came out and we get on some freeways, this bumper to bumper, all the way out here. He decides we're going to get off. And we're going to cut through a Home Depot parking lot. <laughs> so we cut through a Home Depot parking lot only to run into another traffic jam that took us 30 minutes to get out of the parking lot. But finally, he gets us here. And uh, I just really appreciate it. It was quite a journey. It was a journey. My pleasure that I went to the misery of this one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's a great guy. We had, fun. We had a good time with him uh, today. Let me lead us in prayer. I'm just going to introduce a little bit tonight of what we're going to be 
talking about. I've given you some notes uh, that there's a lot more in the, in the syllabus here that I've given you that we're going to get to cover, but hopefully it will be helpful to you. So let's pray here tonight. Father, thank you. Thank you. And we do bless you. We bless your name. God, we heard different people here blessing you. And so tonight uh, we come here to give glory to you for all that you've done for us. We give glory to you for the love of Christ. And pray over this weekend that, God, we would be encouraged, that we would encounter you in new and living ways, and that you would speak to us in the midst of our joy, but also in the midst of our sorrows and difficulties and sufferings. Because you have promised that you would be with us. And so, Lord, we give you thanks now as we make this prayer in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You'll open your uh, booklet to the first page here. I want to uh, want to just lay this out tonight and, and tell you where we're going to go over the next couple of days that we're here together. And remind you, first of all, a little bit of theology. You remember that if you take God's story, his whole story, there are really four chapters to it, right? And what's the first chapter, the first two chapters of Genesis? What is it? Creation. Come on, speak up. What is it? Creation. All right, God creates everything. He creates man in his image. He creates all, all the created order. And by the way, when he gets through with it, what did he say about it? It's what? It's very good. Good, right? It's very good. So when you get to the first chapters of the Bible, here's the... The beautiful creation of God. Here's the creation of man in the image of God. It's not good for the man to be alone, so he creates the woman. He creates uh, this incredible relationship between the man and the woman. The whole created order, the man is given the responsibility to be vice regent over everything. Everything is wonderful. Everything is great. Then we come to the second chapter of God's story, found in Genesis 3. What is it? The fall. What happens? At the fall. And this is what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about how do we live out our Christian life in a fallen world. Now stop and think about the fall for a minute. How did man's relationship with God go after the fall? Huh? It went south. It went south. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. <laughs> 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 oh, okay. Thank you. Making me a little nervous there. <laughs> what, did the, what did man do? What did he do after at the time of the fall? What did he do? He hid. Disobeyed? What else? He hid. He hid from God. He hid from God. And isn't that the story of mankind ever since? He runs from the presence of God. How did the marriage go? Man and his wife. How'd that go? Great? Was great after the fall? What happened? Ah, the woman thou gavest me, right? Okay. How about the created order? What about work after that? What happened? Ah, the same hard work and, and the whole nature got out of balance. What, what else? Sweat. Sweat. All that came out of it. So, and here's the point: all of creation was deeply affected by the fall. 
Now, what's the third chapter of God's story? The rest of the Bible. And you know what it is? It's redemption. Here's the story of a God who comes after us to rescue us out of the domain of darkness and to transplant and transfer us into the kingdom of his own dear son. Aren't you thankful that that's what God has done for us? He's lifted us out. And we're going to be talking about that. He's lifted us out of our sin and misery. And he has redeemed us with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And he's in the business of redeeming all things back to himself again. Until we come to the fourth chapter. And the fourth chapter is a consummation of all things. When you get to the book of Revelation. And there, everything is made right. Everything is made good. Everything is made again. And we spend all eternity together. Got it now? First chapter is what? Creation. Creation. Second chapter? Fall. Fall. Everything goes bad. Third chapter? Redemption. Redemption. God's in the business of coming after his people to redeem us. Fourth chapter? Consummation. Consummation. Now, with that in mind, I want you to look at your notes there. First of all, the fall affected the whole of creation, as we've already talked about. Man's relationship with God. Man's relationship with a woman, with each other. Man's relationship with the created order. Suffering, pain, death, conflict now come into this world. And we're going to spend one whole session talking about suffering. Because suffering is a very real part of life in the fallen world, isn't it? So we're going to spend some time tomorrow talking about that. The fall affected the whole of creation. And yet... In the midst of that creation, God has called his people to live out their faith, not in a defensive mode, but in an offensive mode. Because we're called to be salt and light, right? We're called to be ambassadors of Christ. We're called to be witnesses of Jesus Christ. We're called to make a difference in the world. And so we don't take a defensive posture. But rather we move into the fallenness of this world to make a difference, to have an impact for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you, I've I followed over the years what John has done here, and it's absolutely amazing what God has done with your church. And the difference that is being made in Oyster Bay because of your church and your presence as believers in this world. We are called, we are called to make a difference, even in the midst of this fallen world. Third thing, all of creation is moving toward the time when Christ comes back and there is the recreation of all things. And you know, the present heavens and earth are going to be destroyed. And then when Christ comes back, what's going to happen? New heavens and new earth in which only righteousness dwells. Can you imagine what that's going to be like? The glory of it, the beauty of it, the hope of it. That is what yet awaits us. And it's so important to remember that because in the midst of all the pain and suffering that may come to us as a result of this fallen world, there is the hope of glory that yet awaits us. And we're going to talk about that Sunday morning, that great hope, the victory that Christ gives to us. And so, over these next few days, we're going to be talking about the fact that we who are believers are to live out our lives 
in this world with our eyes open to both present and future realities. And we're going to talk a little bit, I'm going to introduce just a, a little bit of this tonight, and then in the morning we're going to really dig into it. But you realize in the midst of the fallenness of this world, as believers, you're never alone. Who is with you? Jesus. Jesus Christ is with us. I've been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who does what? Lives where? We are never alone. We have Christ, and we're going to talk about experiencing the very presence of Christ. But then also we realize that in this fallen world that we're going to go through times of suffering. Christians are not exempt from the sufferings of this fallen world. We're not exempt. There is a theology that teaches that, but it's a false theology. We live in the midst of this fallen world, and in this fallen world there is in fact going to be suffering, and there's going to be pain. And I imagine right here in this room, if we went around, every one of us could give testimony of suffering and pain and difficult and sorrow and loss and tears. Now, how do we handle it when that suffering comes? I had uh, what I would consider a very fairy tale life most of my life. Until my wife was diagnosed with a terrible kind of leukemia. And God took her home. It gave me a very, very different view at that point because I experienced the loss and the pain and the hurt that the death of a loved one brings. Every one of us, in one way or another, have faced something like that. That's what we have to do. How do we go through those times of suffering And also in this world, there's opposition. There's opposition. There is the enemy. The world, the flesh, and who? Ah, the devil, right? Constantly, we are involved in battle. We are in warfare. And we're to be prepared for the battle that comes. Well, here's the best news of all. In the end, Jesus wins over the world, over our flesh. And as Martin Luther put, Satan's doom is sure. One little word fulfilled. Right? That's the great victory. And we're going to talk about that Sunday morning. But I want tonight just to leave you with this thought as you go back to your room. You'll turn over that session one. And I want to remind you tonight, I really want you to go to page two. Skip over to that. Because part of what we want to do this weekend is to really experience the presence of Christ. And I'm praying that as I come up here this week is to really pray that we will have an encounter with a living Christ. I'm going to say more about this, but I want you to look at the quote on page four of the solo. 
I know that there is only one place where that angry, reactive, overwhelmed self can be transformed. The same place that Mary chose, the feet of Jesus. I must make a conscious, deliberate, daily choice to sit at his feet, to listen to his word, to receive his love, to let him change me, and to pour out my heart's devotion to him. And as you experience this time this weekend, read on. When I get into his presence, the whole world looks different. When I draw close to his heart, I find mercy when I know I deserve judgment. I find forgiveness for all my petty, selfish ways. I find grace for all my inadequacies. And I find peace for my troubled heart. I find perspective for my distorted views. In him, I find an eye in the midst of the storm. Oh, the storm around me may not immediately subside, but the storm within me is made calm. That's my prayer this weekend, is that we will go to the feet of Jesus and find his mercy and find his forgiveness in new ways his grace, his peace. And maybe there are those of you here, maybe you've lost perspective. This is the time to come back and sit in his feet. And to be able to view life from the standpoint of Christ living in us. So that's where we're going to be going over the next few days. And in the morning, we're going to start with the presence of Christ, experiencing the presence of Christ. And as we go through that, I just pray for everything else that God has Father, tonight we've all been traveling, and uh, we thank you that you have brought us here safely. And we really do believe that we're here for a purpose. You brought us here for a purpose. You brought us here to come into your presence and to experience you in new and living ways. So, Father, tonight, give us a good night of rest. Refresh us. And we thank you again that you're God who loves us with an infinite love. That, Lord Jesus, you came to accomplish salvation for us. But you also live your life out in us. So that the life that we now live, we live by faith in the Son of God who loves us and gave himself for us. Lord Jesus, may we experience your presence. For we make this prayer in your 